I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about the movie Poor Things, nominated for 11 Oscars. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's a lot of Oscars. And it's deserving. It's a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. It's weird, just like all of his other movies. But this one's weird and great. I love it. We love uh, Yorgos in this house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is always a very surrealist filmmaker, just never doing anything that you're expecting and just kind of has that weird, like, um, gothic twist on everything that he makes, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, his uh, his movies are are a real vibe, and <laughs> we all know we all know how I am with vibes, good vibes, absolutely. Um, so this one came out um not too long ago, so we got to both see it in theaters. Um, so that was good. And I think I maybe saw one trailer for this before it. And so I was kind of a little bit afraid to see the movie because it looked so weird. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It did look really weird. I'm trying to trying to remember. I've probably I probably saw a trailer for this. Um, I feel like I remember seeing, um, seeing something either like a trailer while I was watching another movie or definitely seen some stuff online. So I, I don't think I knew exactly what this movie was about. Um, I think I knew that it was like a Frankenstein retelling, Mm -hmm. I believe Mm -hmm. before going. But, um, I also listened to the audiobook. (laughs) Yes. You went the extra mile. I got it for free as well. Yes. my My library had it. And so I got the audiobook, I think literally the next day. Yeah. Um, and started listening to it. And I I think I finished it in like four days. Um and uh and so I'm gonna have I'm gonna have that to talk about along with the movie. So that's gonna be real fun. So the beginning of the movie is this blue scene where this woman is wearing kind of seemingly Victorian clothing and she falls off of a bridge and kills herself. And so we don't know if that's like taking place later in the movie or prior and it it's in color. Oh, so you don't don't see the person's face? No, you do. It's just You you just don't know like, oh, is this character going to eventually kill herself? And it turns out, oh, no, um, once you find out the real origin of Bella, um, it's actually the previous incarnation of her. Um, but at the moment, we do not know, and that's in color, and then the movie's in black and white in the beginning. 
Yes. I did miss the first, like, maybe five minutes of the movie because my showtime was was while I was still working. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So I I clocked out and ran (laughs) to my theater (laughs) and definitely missed, definitely missed a little bit of it. But that's what um, happens. There is just the shot of her falling off the bridge. Um, and I think it's like the London Bridge, or sorry, not the London Bridge, the uh, Tower Bridge. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So she falls off, and then it's like black and white as um, a. I guess we're just like introduced. I think we're introduced to like the uh, teacher, which is being played by Willem Dafoe, the professor, and he's kind of somebody who does anatomy. Um, very much himself looks like a kind of Frankenstein-esque person with, like, prosthetics all over his face, um, a little bit frightening looking. Yes, definitely a little, a little spooky. He's definitely got, like, some, some bumps and stitches and scarring, like, Mm -hmm. just all over him, all over him. Yeah, he hires his student to... Uh, played by Remy um, Yusuf, who, whose name is Max in the movie. He hires him to be like a an assistant for him to document Bella's um, increasing, uh, like, what is it? Like, growth and like... And, yeah, like um, intelligence. Yeah, intelligence. All the things that she... Her milestones that she is making... And apparently she's making many milestones every day. Like her hair grows like a certain amount every day. And like she can add more words to her vocabulary every day. So it's like it's basically like she's a toddler. And we see her, Emma Stone, playing her as like a full grown adult. But she's acting like a toddler. Like she can't move very well. She kind of like, you know, her arms are flailing around like a toddler's would. Um, She throws tantrums. Yeah, she waddles. She like peas and she can only say like you know a couple words um you know it's very weird watching an adult playing somebody like this and i was glad that it wasn't throughout the entire movie that she was acting like this but it's like the progression is even more stark because she started out so just like totally not like totally acting like a toddler like her her brain was not developed enough right so you 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 realize that and you're like oh my gosh like this is starting off very strange (laughs) yeah and we learn fairly early on um so baxter hires mccandles uh, max mccandles to work with him and max kind of goes he starts to investigate like bella's situation um and he comes across like the file yeah. Of, of how Bella became to be. Yeah. Um, and how she was, she was the woman who threw herself from the bridge and uh, Baxter found her dead uh, in the river and she was pregnant at the time. And so to give the baby a second life or give this, give this being a second life, the baby's brain was put into Bella's head mm-hmm. and that is how Bella was born and that is why she, we kind of see her 
growing and getting more intelligent every day. It's because she is she is growing from an infant, basically. Yep. Um, from an infant's brain. And this is kind of like already, like the tone of this movie is already starting to be hilarious. Like Bella has her own things that she's doing that are very silly, but watching Max come into the story, like McCandle's coming into the story and like kind of questioning things. Like he's like, so um, how did he, how did she become to be? And and Baxter is like, um, oh, well, naturally I would take the baby's head and put it in her head. I mean, obviously I was going to do that. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's horrific, right? And and you're like, right. okay. But like, at this point, you've already seen how much love um, Godwin has for his like stepdaughter, basically his creation, Bella. Like he like reads to her and he treats her very kindly and he doesn't get upset with her really at all and it's kind of like a real father kind of daughter relationship yeah basically there is and kind of delving on the humor of it like just the the conversations that max and godwin have it's like uh when bella starts to get feelings for max or she starts to get feelings for um the opposite sex or just people in general yeah um Max is like, oh well, weren't didn't you make her for yourself? And he's like, he's like, no, I have too much paternal instinct now. Well, also he <laughs> he, just... he like he went on this really long, you know, yeah, he Rant. said that, but then he was like, <laughs> he did also, it. it would take the all of the electricity in the entire city just to get me off once. So I don't think that that's even possible because I'm a eunuch. <laughs> And it yeah, was which so that silly. which that which that statement does happen in the book. So oh, okay. that, that is said. That's um, so, so funny. that was very funny and just a lot of it's kind of it's very situational humor in this movie with Bella kind of uncovering things and the way that she'll she'll say something very not out of pocket but just very to the point yep like very straightforward yes i have a sexual desire you have a sexual desire we should we should have sex and they're like no this is not in polite society (laughs) yeah she like says that to other people too she's like yeah well i think you're really attractive i'll have sex with you and you know waterburn's like waterburn's like no 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 (laughs) like it is really refreshing that she they exist in this like you know kind of victorian-esque society where things are a little bit less uh spoken about things that the polite society is much more um shielded you know it, it's guarded and she is just out and proud and it's great it's refreshing yeah the the world that the movie is in seems a bit more not real and kind uh-huh. of you know fantasy like where i believe in the as i was finishing the audiobook literally today um she was writing a letter at the very end, and I think she she dated it as like 1941. So mm. so obviously oh. obviously the things that happened is oh, yeah before 1941 because this this letter takes place kind of after, um, quite a few years I think after the 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 events of the book, I believe I can't remember what the starting what the starting date was, but she definitely said 1941 at the very end as she was writing some letter. A couple years later. Okay. Um, okay. 
Interesting. So that's like the time period that the book was set in. But this this world doesn't seem real. No, it's not. <laughs> it's all on stages. It's, it's all very yeah. um like it's very surrealist. It's like it's like if Dolly and like James and the Giant Peach universe yeah. had a had a baby. Like it's so and, weird. Was that Tim Burton. Oh yeah, like no, 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 like the original no, James no. and the Giant Peach. You know, like totally oh. like animated feeling. Like the the skies were just these really breathtaking, crazy skies that could never happen. You know, um, everything was so so like warped and um, influenced by like real life in a lot of ways, but just like so. Um, so wacky and even like you know down to her clothing and everybody's clothing it's just like really eccentric um she's always got these like humongous um puff sleeves all the time that are just like really victorian looking um so it's really fun yeah yeah and she'll often be pairing like her it, it'll kind of look like a puffy sleeved coat mm -hmm. and like a frilly shirt but then she'll have these really comfy looking like shorts uh -huh. that I really I really want a pair. <laughs> she had a couple different colors too. Like Yeah. They were it was so cute that she just wore these shorts all the time. It was like <laughs> they she just had just amazing fashion. Like so I mean just breathtaking fashion. It was just so much fun. Oh my God. Like you think about a character, the the who she is and like how her fashion evolves from being like childlike to adult woman and like sophisticated woman. It's just amazing. Yeah, for sure. The costumes in this movie were were really good. Yeah. Um so she goes off because she she discovers that she can um, you know, get off and like make herself happy by <laughs> masturbating. And it's like a big point in her turning point is becoming a teen. Like you figure this out when you're a teen and then you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you kind of get a little <laughs> sex crazy. Yeah. She's sex crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's hilarious because you're like watching her and you're like, she's, she's out of control. She's just, she acts like a teenager. Um, and this new guy comes in, D Duncan Wedderburn. <laughs> Played by Mark Ruffalo, who has this <laughs> accent that is hilarious because Mark Ruffalo is was American so and his accent yeah. is like this posh British, but like lazy, not even very good accent that just makes him sound insane. And he's yeah. like overly confident, supposedly rich. He's the lawyer that's supposed to help marry Max and Bella, but then he's just like, never mind, I'm gonna take advantage of Bella and just take her whisk her away with me to Lisbon. <laughs> yeah, so basically the main difference with the book is um this the movie seems to take place mostly in in London until she goes traveling, mm -hmm. right? Um and the the book takes place in Scotland. Like everyone has a, has a Scottish uh -huh. accent. Um, <laughs> wow. And in the movie, uh, Godwin, like really, uh, Bella's like a shut in. Like he will not let her go out really. Right. Um, except for like very, um, like chaperoned visits out and he, she doesn't get any like social interaction. So she really only has Godwin and Max to kind of talk to. Um, and I guess her, her 
lady's maid, I guess, um, except the maid, like, hates her. So, you know, she's not really talking to her. But, um, <laughs> so but in the book, when she's first created, Godwin does take her on, like, a world tour. Oh. So she does have, like, that experience um, until she then comes back. And, and I, I guess that's that's when she's very early on, probably, um, because then they come back. And in the movie, Godwin's really pushing Max to to be like, oh, you like Bella, don't you? You should you should marry her. Um, where in the book, Godwin kind of doesn't doesn't approve of it at first. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, okay, we'll just this could also just be a passing fancy. Mm-hmm. So maybe just like take a minute. Like mm-hmm. don't immediately like don't immediately do do this. Um, don't get married. And and then in comes Wetterburn, which basically it's is pretty much the same mm-hmm. in the movie. He he comes in and he kind of whisks Bella away and and she did escape like she even said like there's the part where Godwin's like Bella came up to me and told me that she's running away tonight yep yeah (laughs) it's hilarious she's like I decided that I'm gonna leave in the middle of the night and sneak out bye and and Godwin like lets her go because although he's like no you shouldn't do that she's like I want to and I'm my own person so I'm gonna do it and she's still very immature but she's you know godwin thinks that she's mature enough to go and explore and have have like an adventurous time and that's kind of how she sees it as well she's like well i'm gonna go off and then i'll come back and i'll marry max (laughs) you know yeah he'll he'll wait for me right (laughs) yeah after having all the sex but like to her it's not even like it's it's it's, a non-issue it's a non-issue exactly it's, it's it's her figuring out herself as just living like figuring out herself as a sexual being as a woman as as just a human and just and exploring these these feelings that she's having it's really really great like it's a performance that is just it's really impeccable how she just goes from being a child to being like a full adult and like really grasping things and the in the screenplay, like, allowing her to, like, use bigger and bigger words and, like, understanding more complicated concepts. It's just, it's really refreshing and great how much, like, personal agency she has towards herself. Like, her desires are the the forefront. They're the thing that matter the most. Like, you do when you're a teen, you know, everything is, you're, you're the only important thing and other people are, like, slightly less important, you know? So... Um, yeah, it's it's you and your happiness and your wants and desires. If you if you see something and you want it, you take it. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. She like goes off on her own, and and of course it just makes um, uh, Duncan Wedderburn just like so angry. Like it's so funny. He just it's just he's so he tries to like control her and he can't. <laughs> He gets extremely frustrated with her, and it's just—I just, mean, Mark Ruffalo is hilarious. <laughs> He—he was so funny. He was horrible, but he was so funny. Like it just—he was the perfect Duncan Wedderburn. Because I could—I could seriously. Um, so I guess a really big difference between the movie and the and the book is that it—the it, book is really mostly from Godwin um baxter's like point of view Mm -hmm. and kind of max as well they they glean information from letters that wetterburn and 
and Bella are sending them, like, of, of what they're doing, of where they're going and what's happening. Yeah. So, like, we are just getting what's happening from these letters and not really, like, seeing it visually. Yeah. Which which I, I tend to like better from the movie, obviously, because, you know, you couldn't couldn't really make a movie off of off of how the book was laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just so funny, like, now here, because, like, Duncan is, like, the exact same from the book to the movie, and Mark Ruffalo did such a good job. Like, he's such an asshole. But he's, like, <laughs> he, really he was is. so, he was so perfect. Like, he was so good. And it was so, it was so amazing to... To see their interactions while they were, um, where they go to first? It was, um... They go to Lisbon first. Lisbon. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which, you know... I, I, if you could even call that Lisbon... It's not... <laughs> it yeah, it's very... the fantastical <laughs> version of Lisbon. It's, like, not yes. even... Not um, real. It's, yeah, it's, like, so fantastical. I love it. Um, you know, she eats, like, food that she's never tried before and, um, you know, meets people that she's never it's just there's like it, it's it's crazy and not to mention in Lisbon they just have a ton of sex which she calls like the jumping dance or something like what does she say like furious jumping oh, um okay together yes. and there, there was different terminology between it was like vigorous jumping or yeah. something or or aggressive jumping um in the book she calls it wedding okay um yeah <laughs> It's funnier that, when she's like, this, let's do vigorous jumping together or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's a lot, a lot more funny. It, um, and it, there's a lot of it, too. Like, I think that if you went to see this movie, not not really realizing how much sex was going to be in this movie, it's like the majority of the movie. And there is like... Yeah. <laughs> there is so much of it. And there's also just like a there's lot a of... a lot. A visual, yeah. like... um like choices that like visual like uh, motifs throughout the movie like some things like her um original house has like windows in it and they look like or like that the um like later in the in the movie when she goes to the whorehouse it's like got the windows look like penises and like there's yes. things that look like vaginas everywhere it's like penises everywhere like it's just very um <laughs> very overt a lot of the time Yes, and all of the all of the imagery during the credits was was all very was all very um genitalia like. Oh yeah. Um and speaking of there's like those little like um title screens that tell you what city that they're in. And I guess just kind of seeing the like different phases of her life and they're like these surrealist scenes that don't have anything to do with anything that's happened, but they're just kind of like, yeah, where she's like jumping on the fingers and like, (laughs) and just going like, it was so, they're so crazy. Like this movie (laughs) was a trip. Like, (laughs) yeah, this movie was trippy. It was insane. It was trippy and, and so fun. Like just absolutely just the most fun you can have. (laughs) It was just wacky. I loved it. Um, Danny went with me. We were laughing the whole movie. Because <laughs> um, she just says some crazy things. She meets... So so then, like, after Duncan gets so upset with her, uh, he's like, you know what? <laughs> Get into this chest. And she's like, okay. 
And she yeah. just gets inside this chest and then she gets out of the chest and she's on a boat. Yes, in a way of controlling her and how far she can go, he basically traps her on a boat, which in the book, this is the opposite. Mm-hmm. She does this, she does this to Duncan. She tricks him into going on a boat because he has a gambling problem like oh. in their first couple of months of their of their trip. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's gambling a lot and he's just being really reckless with like their stuff. And so she's trying to get him to, to not do stuff like, and not be tempted by this type of stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just, again, like the ocean looks like it should just have little jumping fish coming out of it. Like it's, it just, it seriously looks like James and the Giant Peach. And and all the industrial things just look so sickly. Like mm-hmm. this cruise ship just had like green smoke coming out of it. And it just looked so nasty. Yeah. And I think Godwin's house like had had like a chimney or something or some sort of exhaust coming out of his house because, you know, he did crazy shit in his lab. Yeah. And and that and that was like a gross color as well. Like it's just very, very gross and when he burps he like invented that burping machine so that when he's like eating it'll like turn into a bubble (laughs) yes (laughs) it's so so that specifically wasn't in the book but at some point (laughs) it was really scary actually what i think they're at the dinner table i'm it's like it's like a scene that kind of reminded me of of the burping scene in the movie that happened in the book he doesn't burp but Godwin makes this noise, like the shrill, like I think Max tells him something that makes him mad or makes mm-hmm. him upset. And he, he like unhinges his jaw and oh. like opens his mouth and makes this like horrific screech. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> that's, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> so that's no. what's in the book. Oh, that's so I was like, silly. okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh gosh. It's so, it's so weird. <laughs> while bell is gone he makes another baby human person um yes who is played by margaret quayley but she does not progress as as quickly as bella did uh for whatever reason it just it just doesn't take so she's basically in like toddler stage for like most of the movie um was it stated that she was also pregnant and her baby's brain was put into her brain or they just got a baby's brain from somewhere else? It, I don't think it was ever stated. It was not specific, but okay. uh, <laughs> I think like, I think like Max was like, what are you doing? Again? Why'd you do this again? It's just like, it's so weird. They're just, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. It, it makes sense he would do it in the movie because Bella's gone and he really misses Bella. But in the book, he does he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. It's it's he's Baxter seems very a, a lot more scientific and a lot less feeling uh-huh. in the book. Uh-huh. Like he's really like, like in the movie, he's very matter of fact. But you do get those scenes, and Willem is just so good at it. Um, like just being very emotional and paternal towards Bella, mm-hmm. um, which which is really nice to see. Also, like, right at the beginning of the movie, you see the other creatures that he's made. Um, Like like the duck rabbit thing. He has (laughs) switched out a a dog's head with a duck. Um, So there's two versions. There's the duck with with the dog's legs and the duck head, or the goose head. And then there's the 
the, the goose's body with the dog's head. And then there's a goat with a duck's head. And yes. It's like, they're hilarious. They're like these li- these silly little creatures. And it just, again, it's very inventive. And, and you get the idea that he's like a crazy mad scientist. Um, so they're on the yes, boat. Completely. He... He's like con- trying to control Bella, but she meets people at dinner. Um, these very delightful people um, that become her friends. It's um, yeah, it was like this this older woman, Martha von Kurtzrock, I believe, and then the guy is what's the guy? Harry name? Harry Astley, right? Yes, right. Harry Astley, Jared Carmichael. Um, this woman who played her friend Martha was so funny she was so delightful she just like as soon as she started talking to bella bella like brings up the fact that like you know having sex is great and then martha's like yeah i haven't had a partner in a while and then bella's like well i hope that you're you know making yourself happy or something like that and martha's like all about it she's so happy that that bella's so refreshing yeah, and this is like a turning point kind of in in Bella's growth. As she talks to these people, she kind of gets into learning more about the ways of the world, not just in traveling, but just in kind of how things work and how cruel the world can be. Mm-hmm. And this the, the similar thing happens in, in the book. It's a lot more boring than I'd say the movie does it. Um, the, the people she meets are just, they really get into politics and they really get into some it was very hard to concentrate sometimes during this book. Just really? All the stuff they talked about. And, the, and it was, and, and you know, and this book is, I don't know how old this book is, but I'm sure a lot of it was very dated. Yeah, I want to know. Very, I was going like, to ask you about that. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. I think. Let's see. Who knows? It could have, it literally could have come out in the, like 20s for all you know oh no okay That's originally published 1992 wow okay okay cool love it okay so not that old but old no you know just like a casual uh 22 years old yeah just a casual oh no i'm sorry 32 years old what am i talking about oh goodness yes oh okay um yeah so the the Oh, interesting. The the cover of this book has like a a like a a man sitting on a couch with a young girl hugging him, and then a man hugging the young girl hugging him. But it's also in like a kind of interesting art style. Huh. Oh, yeah. I did the audio book, so I just have this guy who's holding some wires. It looks like he's, and then there's just like a lady sitting down, like kind of like she's sitting getting, like. A, a physical hmm. like at the doctor's office like i don't know what this cord is that he's pulling but it could be like a stethoscope or like a something i don't know um there's this this review of it on this wordpress it's like bookish bulletin it says poor things by alistair gray is a treat for fans of fairy tale frankenstein and lolita yeah lolita <laughs> Yeah, because it's like the, you know, taking advantage of a of a young girl and then like her kind of like turning that on its oh. head, you know, it's it's kind of like oh, I, was a, think, I was thinking of the of the fashion of the fashion style. Well, Lolita. the fashion style is based off of the book Lolita. 
Ah, I see. That is a reference I did not connect. <laughs> yes. And also, her style is kind of Lolita-esque. I mean, she's got yeah. a lot of creams and, and uh, pastel colors in her palette. She is uh, very youthful. Um, the big sleeves, puffy sleeves, stuff like that, like I said. Um, so yeah. she goes to this, I guess because, it, you know, like you said in the book, there's a lot of politics talking and stuff, but to get through that in the movie, she goes on land to this little island that has a wealth disparity between the very poor people that are just dying down in this pit and then the wealthy people who can afford to live up above, um, just on this right. random island. And she gets so upset about this that she, like takes all the winnings that Duncan has won at the casino because he won the jackpot and he's super drunk and she gives them away, but really she gives them to two of the uh, crew members. So they steal it from her, but she's too naive to know that that's what's happening. Yeah, it just, oh goodness, it just was. (sighs) Does that happen in the book too? Something similar does like, yeah, she meets, she meets Harry Astley and he shows her, he shows her basically the poor class, I believe. And I can't remember, um, what she does. Like she, she gets so, she gets so overwhelmed with the situation that she does bite him. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember if she gives, if she gives them money though. Like I think, um, I don't think that part specifically happened. She does, like, hide money from from uh, Wedderburn to, like, help him because, again, he keeps winning, but then he also keeps playing more and losing it. And so she's, like, trying to help them stay afloat by, like, stealing some and, like, hiding money from him. Um, but I don't think she does anything uh, to give back to the poor. Or, but she does bring it up, though. Like, she brings it up with Wedderburn as, like, she, um, like, she notices it. And she notices her, like, her privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely, like, one of the first references, I think, of the, of the name of the movie, in a sense. Like, you know, you think about the the privilege that she has, the wealth disparity that she has, but also the, you know, the fact that she's kind of an invention of somebody. She, you know, there's a lot of meanings of the, the term poor things, you know. Yeah, kind of with her with her creation and her upbringing, like there could be some there could be some downfalls to just her mm-hmm. understanding things, you mm-hmm. know, at, at, at the rate that she's going. Like it's it's all it's all very it's all very circumstantial. Yeah, so they they leave the ship because they have to. <laughs> the uh they get kicked out because he they ran out of money and she gave away all their winnings and the the uh, Captain's like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, and kind of at this point, we we uh, a pretty important plot point is that Wedderburn kind of starts to go crazy. He like mm-hmm. he proposes to Bella many times. Yeah, he proposes to her so many times in the book. Other people propose to Bella who just meet her. <laughs> yeah, in the book as well, and she she goes, no, I am promised to another. Oh. <laughs> and and um and so that happens, and then. Uh, Wedderburn starts to, you know, get um, 
what's the term? Like he he gets mad at her that like she won't accept him, and so he oh, just yeah. kind of starts to um like play it off like, oh, well, I don't want to marry you anyway, and yeah, he's just he's kind rejected. Of being, yeah, yeah, they're kind of and their their relationship gets really interesting because she's like, I I did I did like you a lot once, but now. I just, I feel like, feel like those feelings are going away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's, she's being very logical about it and whatever. And she's just being a big baby about it. Yeah. He's um. hilarious. He's just so wacky and dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of starts making him go insane. Yeah. Um, he's obsessed bit. with her. I mean, cause she, I mean, it makes sense that she would be somebody, she's like the, you know, manic pixie dream girl kind of person. She is like. She has no filter and she is beautiful and she's, you know, funky and just like, you know, refreshing, but she's also completely difficult. She cannot be tamed. So it's just that that madness that he has to live with. Um, and when they're in Paris, he's just crying because, he, you know, she got rid of all their money and they're penniless and they have to figure out what to do. And she... She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go make some money somehow. And he's like, okay, have a good time. And she's wearing her, like, beautiful yellow raincoat that she wears a couple times in this movie. It's just amazing. And Oh, yes. Oh, it's like a see-through yellow raincoat. It's just, it's incredible. Um, She goes up and, like, talks to this little woman who is a... uh. A matron, a madame, yeah, a madame of like a you know um, prostitution a house. House, and so yes. she's like, oh, if I just go in there with this guy and let him furious jump on me, then I can get some money for that. And she's like, yeah. So she does it, <laughs> and then she goes gets like a croissant and she brings it back to to Duncan, and she's like, I got this for you because I furious jump with that guy. And he gets even more upset. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm going to go my own then. <laughs> yeah, he, he he really does. The, the book the book has a lot of similar themes where it's like Bella will talk about her, her sex capades and people will be like, oh my God, you let you let them do what to you? And it's like, and there's there's lots of questions of like, oh, well, she, like I, even Max gets a little, he, he's not as bad as like Wedderburn and some of the other people in the book mm-hmm. um, where in the movie they, they portray Max as like, it's like, that's okay. It's okay that you slept with a ton of people. I don't mind. Where it's like Max is kind of concerned about it in yeah. the book. And he and he kind of mentions that he's concerned about it, but just not to the point where Waterburn's like, you're ruined. Like, yeah, stuff like that. He's just, you know, <laughs> he's, a, he's a crazy dude. Like, he, he has the, the yeah. notions of the day and, um, you know, just enough so that he can control somebody. Um, so she, she decides to just go and work as a prostitute in this house and really, yeah, she tells Wedderburn to go back to London and like leave Mm -hmm. her because she's gonna, because she's gonna stay and make money and she's gonna learn, you know, more that she can about, um, about the ways of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She reads more books. She makes a good friend slash girlfriend, um, Toinette, who's, you know, she learns French and yeah she just kind of has she goes this, and like, sits in on like like a surgical seminars or yes, something yes yes she reads yeah. a lot she's like becoming definitely more of an adult more of like a this is her education time um yeah 
there's like yeah. a scene where she has to have sex with this guy. So like, like a college student. Yeah, like exactly. She's college. She's prostitution college. That's what she's doing. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. She she there's this one scene where she's like. There's one guy who doesn't really speak super well English, but she's like, okay, well, you tell me something about yourself and then we can have sex or something. He like speaks it. like Greek or something. Yeah, she's trying to make, she's trying to make the, the process of, of, um, prostituting like just better for everyone because mm-hmm. she's like, okay, well, some, sometimes this isn't very enjoyable for the women. Yeah. And, you know, the, the madame of the house tries to tell her like, sometimes, sometimes that's what men want. Like, you just, like, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, but why can't there be a sort of understanding? And why can't there be a sort of, like, connection there before? And so that's, and that's what her, her fix is, is to, like, tell me, tell me a childhood memory. And, and then, and then I'll tell you a joke. Yeah. And then, and then we'll have sex. Yeah. Well, (laughs) it makes her connect and, like, have not, like, less stranger feeling, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it, towards the end of the, that scene, like it's she um has sex with this like dad who's teaching his two sons uh oh about gosh, sex. Yeah. And it's it's just hilarious. I mean, it's ridiculous, okay? These <laughs> two kids so are just funny. there and she's like explaining taking notes. <laughs> yeah, they're taking notes. It's just it's it's over the top. It's hilarious. Does that happen in the book too? I don't. I don't know. Does it explain her sexual like like partners? So, the so an, another thing that I found kind of not frustrating but just like confusing about the book is that it, I couldn't tell when things happened because they did talk about her living in Paris and and being a prostitute for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like they like they talked about that, but it was very early on in the book, and so I don't know if this is like them just speaking about it in the past Mm -hmm. like like i could not tell what what time we were in in chronological order like it was it was a little confusing um okay so it was mentioned but it it was not not mentioned in detail (laughs) (laughs) all right um that's fine i mean i they of course are, are gonna accentuate it like of course she has her girlfriend um who they become very close and Obviously, she has sex with her too because you know she that she just chases the fun stuff, right? And that that is one of them. Um, yeah, she she chases the pleasure, and the pleasure can come from from anyone, mm-hmm. um, any gender, anyone. She gets a letter from from God, and he is well. She gets a letter from Max, and he's like, uh, "Godwin's dying." Godwin's dying. <laughs> no yeah i mean she hasn't been gone for oh a while gosh. so she's like okay i'm gonna go back so when she returns oh in that scene where max was like was like opening up one of his bumps like i was on un- i was like oh god what is gonna be in here mm. like i just didn't i, I didn't want to know like like was he experimenting on himself and, yeah like, stuck something in there like i was uh, you expected I was like a spider some, sack to just some, fill some body horror. or something i don't even know <laughs> yeah little, it's like a little bit of body horror in this uh <sighs> In this in this movie a little bit i was like oh i know absolutely it's so <laughs> so crazy oh like in the beginning when she's like in the lab and she goes over to that dead body on the stretcher and she like picks up its penis and then drops it <laughs> what so- oh did you know in the beginning yeah it's like oh did, you know she's in the lab part? i don't know i don't think you did it's oh, it's no she's in the lab she's talking to him about something she wants to help and he's like 
I don't think you should help with this one. You know, um, you can go play with that dead body over there. And so she goes over there and she like picks up his penis and drops it. Like she doesn't, you know, lift it off of his body. It's just silly. She's just, she's just like, look at this. And then she, it's just very, I I think I missed that part. Okay. (laughs) I did. It's just another little, you know, little silly thing that she does. Um, she goes back to see Godwin, um, and of course, like she's a completely different person, like than than what she left. Yeah, completely. It's it's crazy. The, the like it's a really good screenplay. Like it just it you see it in the way that she walks, she acts. I mean, it's amazing, and she's like more confident. Um, she's yeah, even and more it's beautiful. Such a subtle change throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Like, Emma Stone does such a good job. Oh, like I know with, with like really transitioning her her character at the at the certain points in, in this character's, like, lifespan. And it's just, it's so good. Like, she did such a good job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, her performance is obviously nominated for Best Actress because, like, it is an incredible performance. Like, there is, it's a character that is completely and wholly unique, which is just wonderful for seeing, I mean, I mean, obviously with, with biopics, there's at least a, a bit amount about the person and why that you know they're the ones who end up winning a lot of the times oscars but like this character is fully unique fully like brand new and she has to take every bit of it and all the direction she can from from yorgos to make it like her own it's really great yeah yeah, yeah. um you know she has her kind of her she learns her the truth when she goes back, which is a big revelation. And then she's upset with Godwin because she didn't know that like she's her own daughter. And it, it's really, <laughs> that's right. Because Antoinette does bring up, um, her scar, her scar on her, or Antoinette. Yeah. Um, uh, but the baby scar. scar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The baby scar. And they're like, this looks familiar. This looks like, you know, you, you had a baby. Like this is a pregnant, this is a pregnant woman's scar. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how she, how she learns about it in, the book i think like wetterburn brings it up or something or um just like someone else like brings it up just like in passing um so kind of kind of a similar vibe but yeah she comes she comes back to like ask uh godwin about it yeah and of course she's upset because he's lied to her and she gets over it but you know, it, it is that like, oh, your your parent just didn't tell you the whole truth because they wanted to protect you and they didn't want to let you know. Well, really, you couldn't handle it yet, right? Um, yeah. And she yeah. she tells Max that she'll marry him anyway, and you know she's like, well, this is what I've been doing. Do you still want to get married? He's like, yeah, I do. So they go to this little church, and she's wearing like this, the the probably the biggest sleeves like of the whole movie. She's wearing this wedding dress and her face her face is covered by a net like a white net um yeah it's pretty great it's a pretty great outfit <laughs> it's it's a pretty awesome wedding dress i have to say yeah and uh, it gets it gets interrupted by a wetterburn and this person uh blessington uh-huh. alfie blessington who uh which on the on the on the ship someone did recognize her mm-hmm. as Victoria no it was in, it was in and- lisbon actually was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was Lisbon. Um, and so Alfie Blessington, her 
uh, Victoria Blessington's husband, still, mm-hmm. uh, crashes the wedding uh, because Wedderburn reached out to him and uh, told him what happened to, to, you know, as much of the information he knows, which isn't everything. Um, and he comes to crash the wedding and he's like, um, that's my wife. And they're like, no, she's not. Not anymore. Yeah. And it and it's this really long. So in the book, it's just this really long conversation between Blessington and Godwin mm. and Max about like, just is this is this person still Victoria mm-hmm. or is it Bella? Like, or is this a completely different person? She's just not your wife anymore. And it's just this whole back and forth, um, like discussion between these characters. And it it was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, who? What makes a person? Right? Is it their body? Is it their brain? And it's uh, it's a combination. You know, you are your body. Your brain is your body, right? Like you're. Yeah. You know, when people get brain injuries, sometimes they their personality changes. Yeah. It's just a really shocking thing, but it can happen. And so, like, people turn into different people, and she's basically turned into a completely different person. She has a totally different brain, uh, but she decides to go with him anyway, her previous husband, I guess just for yeah. the lulls. She's like, I just want to see what happens, I guess. Like, I... I... She does, this definitely a vibe of this movie. She's gonna go try it out for the lulls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right she's like well Just it's a different can. experience like i might as well go try it out quickly figures yeah, like, out i was that married this to this man... guy at one point maybe he's not that bad and then we find out that he's that he's very bad well you know um, she could have taken context clues that she jumped off a bridge to not be with him anymore so like i don't know maybe that wouldn't have been a great idea <laughs> very true very true yeah in the book she doesn't like go back with him and live with him in any in any way i think they just kind of have these discussions and mm. then and then a, a scuffle does happen like she does end up shooting him in the foot okay in, in the book yeah um and because there's really just no way around it um the the end result does not happen of him having a goat brain yep <laughs> that part that part does not happen but um but yes the uh the scuffle that happens definitely happens in the book as well yeah you she goes with him and immediately you're like don't go with him don't do this this man is completely deranged he is like yeah he, he is threatening all of his uh staff servants yeah with staff yeah with a gun all the time because they don't want to follow his directions because he's a tyrant in his own home uh he's locked her in the house she can't leave and eventually he's like talking to a doctor and he's like we're gonna take out her clitoris so she can't feel any more pleasure and she'll be more subservient to me and everything's gonna be better that way and she's like absolutely not so (laughs) he gives her some uh, morphine to drink and she just throws it in his face which is like incredible (laughs) yeah yeah he eventually like shoots his foot i guess because she she threw the morphine in his face yeah yeah. Um, thank God she got out of that. I don't know how she was going to get... I mean, he was a very scary, scary actor. He really was. This this character was 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 not good. I was, def- I was definitely... I was a little tense. A little tense during this part. Yeah. Um, and then... Does she, does she end up marrying Max in the movie? No. And they kind of all live together? I think they just have a house... Well, Godwin dies... 
Yes. And the end of the movie is just uh, her best friend from from the prostitution house um, comes over. Toinette. Um, yeah. And the other and the other creation. Yeah. Uh, lives there still. Yeah. And uh, Miss Mrs. Prim, the uh, the the lady, the the maid, who's like the maid. Yes. No longer a maid. Mm-hmm. I guess she's just. They're all. It's just a literally like just a house of women and Max. And they're just happy. Yeah. And it's great. House of, house of women and then there's Max. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, it's awesome. Yeah. And she's a, book, she's a surgeon now. Like, she's a doctor. Yes, she's going, yeah, she's going to school. She's currently studying uh, to, to be, to be a surgeon, to be a doctor. And, um, and pretty much the same thing kind of happens in, in the book, I believe. Um, Godwin does die. And I think Max ends up dying, too, because she talks about marrying multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the very end, she's, like, writing a letter to her, like, just future daughter. Or I, I, I think she is just, like, she's not currently pregnant or anything, but I mm-hmm. think she is writing to a future, a future something, heir. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Okay. And and just it's it's very long. It was kind of lost me here and there. Um, but you know she was talking about Max and I think how she was trying to uh, nurse him. Like when she was, I don't I don't know if the book talks about her like going on to be a doctor, but she does. She is studying to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, and I think that's kind of that's kind of where it ends. Um. Well, I like the movie ending a lot. It was so uplifting and you see her like reading like a really, you know, advanced like philosophy book or something in the end. And yeah, she just is like a, she's a, a, an intellectual genius kind of level person now. Like it, it, you just, you go from all the way from baby to to full grown like intellectual adult and yeah with poise and grace that she didn't have you know throughout most of the movie and it's just like it's a again a great performance and just so satisfying and like the most uplifting Yorgos Lanthimos ending of a movie that I've seen <laughs> I was like oh my god that actually ended super well like that is a happy ending <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've seen too much of his stuff. Um, he did a uh, he did the favorite, right? Yes, yes. The favorite, the lobster, um, killing of a sacred I deer. I don't think I've seen the lobster. Yeah, you should see it. It is. Uh, it's something. It's really yeah. something. I mean, if I'm the the book was the book was very interesting. I'm 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 glad I listened to it just in terms of like having an, an extra talking point during this podcast but if if i'm gonna suggest whether you do one or the other i'm gonna recommend the movie it was just <laughs> yeah. very great to see this visually i think i think bella's growth is a lot better kind of uh, like just done in the movie like it's just it's very confusing a little bit mm-hmm. in the book with like where she's at and like where we are <laughs> in their timeline yeah yeah um well glad it was such a successful adaptation and honestly such a delightful film it, i think it was 
like my, my one of my favorite movies of this year. Like I loved Barbie. I love Poor Things. Um, I I think it honestly might be my favorite movie of the year. It is, it is really fun and just exactly the weird and exactly the kind of you know female centric movie that I I just I've always wanted to see. So great job. <laughs> Completely, completely. I don't know if we if we talked about our favorite movies of 2023. Did we? No, did we but I mean, that? we usually talk about it during the Oscar time and like, you know, the wrap ups okay. and everything. So in speaking yeah. of, I'll, I'll just mention all the Oscars it was nominated for because it's a lot. <laughs> um, do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Take a break. Do we'll, we'll do that right afterwards. All right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, we are back. Um, my thing is still loading, so I'm trying to do... Okay, here we go. Um, it was nominated for, like I said, 11 Oscars. <laughs> Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling. Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures Original Score. Best Picture of the Year. Uh, best director for Yogos Lanthimos, um, best leading actress, Emma Stone, um, best supporting actor, Mark Ruffalo, uh, best adapted screenplay for Tony McNamara, best achievement in cinematography, best achievement in film editing, uh, production design and costume design. So that's a lot and a lot of very key and important beautiful things um we didn't get willem dafoe as a nomination which people were saying possibly he would get a nomination but really glad that mark ruffalo Mm -hmm. did because it's a really great comedic performance um we got him and of course uh the other comedic performance played by um ryan gosling this year so it's really fun to see comedic performances and supporting roles yeah yeah definitely Wow. 11, 11 nominees. That's amazing. Nominations. Yes. Oh. Um, I'm going to look at some That's of this amazing. trivia because I bet there's some fun stuff in here. Um, like the first one, Willem Dafoe described the makeup process four hours in, two hours out every day. I'm showing up at three o'clock in the morning, sitting in the chair, meditating, trying to deal with standing still. You can't sleep because it's intricate enough that you got to work with people applying it. It's a grind, but I liked oh. working with the mask in there. Quite literally, a mask. 
Ooh. People will sleep while they're getting their makeup done. <laughs> that would be good if you were doing a really intense makeup for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, keep, keep going with the trivia. Uh, my, my thing's still loading. I don't know what's going on. Um, the second one is Yorgos Lanthimos first approached Alistair Gray about adapting the book in 2009. Gray took Lanthimos oh. on a personal tour of Glasgow and showed Lanthimos the locations he included in the novel. Lanthimos said he's a very lovely man. Unfortunately, he died just a couple of years before we actually made the film, but he was very special and energetic. He was 80-something when we met, and as soon as I got there, he had seen his other movie, Dogtooth, and said, I had my friend put on the DVD because I don't know how to operate these things, but I think you're a very talented young man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is That's so sweet. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Okay. Uh, Bella's I jet black hair was an too. accident because she was supposed to have dark brown hair, but the colorist gave her accidentally the darkest shade. <laughs> so. Whoa. It, oh no. I think it's great because it really makes it even more stark. Like, it's a. And her eyebrows are crazy. Yeah, it was. It was like this. It didn't even look like Emma Stone. Like, I was like, oh my God, who is that? Like, it just. Absolutely. It's so. It's so weird. She's, you know, <laughs> her with his dark hair. I know that I noticed this when we watched, you know, her Oscar-winning performance in La La Land. That she looks like a an alien, like straight up. She has the features, like her eyes are huge. Um, you know, she's got the most beautiful face for for a movie, and she's a great actress. She, you know, she's almost like the kind of alien-esque that Anya Taylor-Joy is, except for her eyes are a little bit farther apart, but it's like that ethereal beauty, like that's just like it's it's almost like um, grotesque in this movie, how like beautiful and like stark her features are, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's great. I love it. Um, Mark Ruffalo had a lot of doubts about his performance during the shoot. He often half-joked that his friend Oscar Isaac, who was filming at a nearby soundstage, was going to be called to replace him. <laughs> One day, Willem Dafoe pranked Ruffalo by taking him to a room where Isaac, who was in on the joke, was waiting. Isaac and Dafoe informed Ruffalo that he was fired and Dean getting replaced by Isaac. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh, what a prank. That's hilarious. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos uh, wanted to evoke an old Hollywood feel by using painted sets. Mm -hmm. Most of the film was shot on a soundstage, but the ballroom scene was shot on location. Which, yeah, that looked that looked like a, a place that, that exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was great, honestly. Um, yeah, Mark that, that Ruffalo really gets into that big fight because she she's like, I'm going to go off and dance with these two, and then he just punches the guy. Yeah. Oh, oh he's yeah. horrible. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos wanted Mark Ruffalo to have a bird-like silhouette, specifically that of a puffed-up pigeon. The costume designers created a puffy chest piece for Ruffalo to wear, but found it was too distracting. Instead, they exaggerated his shape with large shoulder pads and a corset. Oh, okay. That's great. Hmm. Love that. Um... see Rami Yusuf trained with a mortician to get 1800s techniques uh down 
That's great. I love it. Wow. That's crazy. He has his own show. It's called Raimi. And I think he won an Emmy for it or something. Or, or a Golden Globe several years ago. Yes. I I remember watching like the first episode or so. And I didn't continue. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really remember why. I don't think it was anything to do with like me not liking the show necessarily. Maybe I just just wasn't quite. I do that a lot. I'll watch the first couple episodes of something, and if I'm just not quite in the mood for it, it kind of just falls off. Yeah. Um, the sleeves on Bella's wedding dress were roughly a meter wide. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. I love that. <laughs> That is so friggin' great. I love it. Um, I'm going to go down to the spoilers. There's only a couple here. Um, Mark Ruffalo improvised Duncan Wetterworth's dramatic Bella cry. Oh, God, he's so <laughs> Bella! <laughs> oh. Um, so funny. Okay. Is there anything else you want to read, or? Um, nope. I can just do the plot keywords. Let's do it. All right, we've got female prostitute, female full frontal nudity, female topless nudity, scientist, and female masturbation. Oh, God. Okay. Um, You know, that is what this movie is about, but it's uh, it's also about other stuff. It's not the only thing that that it's about. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Okay. This movie got an 87 Metascore. With 56 positive reviews, two mixed, and three negative reviews. Wowza. It's got wow. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 20, no, 22 100s, which is a wow. lot of 100s. I know that this movie only got an 87, but like, let's. Let's just be real and say this movie got 22 100s is kind of incredible. So, yeah, because the one we just talked about, Past Lives, got what, 29? It got mostly. Yeah, it was like a 98 meta score or something. Um, Yeah, well, and no negative reviews, unfortunately. That's what's what's really bringing bringing this one down. (laughs) But 22 100s is very good. There's very, very three good. negatives here. We got a 30 from Vulture, a 25 from the San Francisco Chronicle, and a 25 from The Observer. Holy shit, what is wrong with this movie? I don't understand why you would give this such a low score. Emily? Let's find out with The Observer. Um, I hated it, but reluctantly <laughs> gave it one star for whimsical sets and costumes. And there's a Minute sprinkle of suspense while you wait for a point of view that never arrives. So that's why, that's why Rex didn't like it. Um, I don't think you, I don't think you understood the plot at the point of this movie, Rex. I don't, I, oh, yikes. I mean, I'm just, the, 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 the next 25 says it, the verdict is sad, but unavoidable. What? That doesn't make any sense. And the vulture one. (laughs) Or it just, it just doesn't mean anything. Like, what does this mean? Like, you need to, like, elaborate, please. I don't understand. Um, Poor Things is ultimately ugly spiritually and narratively, which curdles even its aesthetic splendor. Is it? No. No, it doesn't. 
does it? No. Wow. What is what is so spiritually like are these people like sexually repressed or something? I don't understand why you would not enjoy it. <sighs> I I don't know. I I don't know. Um you okay. You never, this, you, never, you never know with some people. This New York Times right. 50 says it isn't long into poor things that you start to feel as if you were being bullied into admiring a movie that's so deeply self-satisfied there really isn't room for the two of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, that was a really great blurb. Have to give it to this person, but um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I agree with that, but at least <laughs> that was a funny blurb. <laughs> I mean, this this movie was very stylized which which kind of comes off as like pretentious s- pretentious to some people because they just don't get it I'm, I'm gonna bring out my movie snob here and i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say that like people just sometimes don't get it <laughs> <laughs> this 70 from vanity fair is exactly what you're saying it says at its best the film is indeed piercingly clever proud of its peculiarity to a degree that's just smy of shy of smugness Though the 140-minute film does begin to wear out its welcome in the last third, when the jokes have mostly all been made before, and only the fresh additions are cumbersome matters of plot. Well, and the last third isn't supposed to be full of jokes. It's like she's... she Because, again, this is very situational humor. Mm-hmm. It's not... Like, it's funny because she's a child and she in a, in a grown woman's body and she's experiencing these things for the first time. And so it's funny, but like towards the end, it, it becomes very reflective and like, and she's really thinking about, you know, where she wants to go with her life and what she wants to accomplish. Because a lot of a big, a big turning point in her character is that she sees all the cruel and, and horribleness in the world. And she wants to try and fix it. Like she wants to be one of those, one of those optimistic go-getters. It's like, I'm going to fix this world. It needs changing and I'm going to be the one to change it. And everyone's like, yeah, good luck with that. Like, it's it's not supposed to be funny the entire time. You tell him, Emily. You tell him, man. <laughs> just, I just got really, I just got really impassioned there. I absolutely. Um, wow. Okay, that was great. Um, let's let's go up to some of these one hundreds because there's a lot of them, and you know we we can't handle much more negativity about this. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to read the 100 from Little White Lies. It says, Poor Things showcases the director at his most playful and comedic, weaving his otherwise evident political critique into the complex character of Bella, a new kind of woman, a tabula rasa. How pleasurable it is to witness an evolution like Bella's with wonder and admiration. Aw, I liked that. Yes, I love that too. Wow. I'm gonna read the Empire 100. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely batshit, utterly filthy, and a true original. Poor things is as good as Yorgos Lanthimos and Emma Stone has ever have ever been. Absolutely. Thank you, John Nugent. <laughs> I love it. That was that was good. That was that was amazing. I I love it because it is absolutely batshit as well. Um, I. Oh, I like the Roger Ebert one too. Okay, because okay, it brings up Barbie. Yeah. Okay. 
it's as if Barbie were actually about weird Barbie, but even that idea doesn't quite do it justice. A more apt description, it's the best movie of the year. Oh, yeah. Ay. Ay, that is fantastic. I love it. I love it. That's honestly probably why it's so my favorite good. one of the year right now. So, oh, because it was it was freaking great. It was, it was so original. I loved it. Um, just it was it was life changing. Like I I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people had like that life changing moment with Barbie and, and I admit it was very good and I really enjoyed it. But Mm -hmm. like, I just feel like I had, I had a, a, a more life changing reaction with this movie. Oh, a hundred percent, dude. I mean, that is, that is so true. It is. It, it's a journey that is, is similar to barbie's journey in a lot of ways but it it is the it's like a weird barbie version and i totally <laughs> weird barbie maybe i just relate more to world to weird barbie absolutely. but you know absolutely that is so true oh my gosh so good yeah so good and and oh, and man. girlhood in that sense of being in remembering what it's like to be a young child remembering growing up it is it is very apropos and very particular about womanhood and uh, that's fantastic. Like that is like what we love to see. So, um, so great. So great. Okay. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Amazing. And now that I finished this audiobook, I'm going to start one about murderers falling in love. (laughs) Yes. Yes. My dude. So excited. Um, all right, well, that was poor things. If we didn't completely just summarize the entire oh, we movie, we absolutely for you. did. But you know, it, it, go watch it. It's it does not do it justice. Like it, it, it's so good. Definitely go see it if you have not. Highly, highly recommend. We'll definitely be rooting for this movie a lot for the Oscars. Um, just, just purely based on vibes. Um, but uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and IMDb. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us, please do that at allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow our social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search All by the Popcorn or All by the Popcorn Podcast. And we have merch. So please check that out. But thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.